You are listening to Girl Speak, a podcast series all about art, history, and contemporary culture with a girl's eye view. Hi, everyone. Welcome to episode 73 of Girl Speak, our special sneak peek at our upcoming exhibition, 52. I'm Tiffany Rhodes. Program Developer with Girl Museum. Thanks for tuning in, downloading, or streaming us today. Girl Speak is produced by Girl Museum, the first and only museum in the world dedicated to celebrating girlhood. Girl Museum explores the art, history, and culture of girls around the world in the past and present. All of our programs are volunteer-run and supported by listeners like you. Visit us on the web at www.girlmuseum.org. Welcome to a special sneak peek at a project near and dear to my heart, 52. Our senior team has spent the past year scouring the world's museums for objects that reveal the lives of girls in ways we never imagined. Now, we're ready to share those objects and their stories with you. Modeled after the BBC's A History of the World in 100 Objects, our new exhibition aims to explore 52 objects from museum collections that showcase unique stories about what it has meant, and still means, to be a girl. Each week in 2017, we'll showcase one new object on our blog and in the exhibit, revealing what this object tells us about being a girl during a specific period in history, and why it's still important to girls today. By the end of 2017, our exhibition will be a quilt of amazing objects, that reveal how girls have shaped our common heritage. In this podcast, I'll be sharing sneak peeks at three objects from ancient times that will be featured in the exhibit. Each reveals clues about the themes and surprising secrets you'll find in our exhibition, and maybe even a little something about me, too. Let's get started. The first object you'll encounter in our exhibit is known as the Swimming Reindeer. It's one of the most famous prehistoric artworks in the world, and it was made by a girl. 13,000 years ago, this small object was carved from the tip of a mammoth tusk and left in a rock shelter in France. The artist was highly skilled and knew reindeer intimately, having observed them in close detail and the wild in order to portray the moment when this male and female pair were rutting. It would have taken a great deal of time and close association with reindeer to make this object. Time that only a woman might have had. Based on evidence from other prehistoric artworks, we know that three quarters of handprints found in cave art were made by women. Prehistoric evidence also tells us that humans survived largely because of women's work, which included helping in communal hunting to take down large prey and processing kills such as reindeer kills. And new evidence on the Venus figurines, made about the same time as these reindeer, suggests they were also made by women. The swimming reindeer are my favorite object in our upcoming exhibit. It shows us that women knew their world intimately, observing behavior of wildlife on the hunt and the fine details while processing a kill. It's almost a reverence and deep respect for the reindeer that sustained them. But more than that, the swimming reindeer are a memory 
from one girl at one moment in time. Seeing this object, I can close my eyes and imagine sitting beside her, watching her carve the mammoth tusk as she gazed out upon the great herds of reindeer migrating across Ice Age Europe. And her attention to both the male and female aspects, showing them as partners in an intricate, lovely dance, may almost be a metaphor for the relationship between prehistoric men and women. Whatever its use, the swimming reindeer is a beacon from 13,000 years ago, a memory of one girl who loved to watch rutting deer in autumn, and proof that the earliest artists, and perhaps many of the most infamous artists throughout history, were actually women. Our next object is known as the Ephedresmos girls. It's a terracotta figurine that I saw on a trip to the Metropolitan Museum of Art last year. This object depicts two ancient Greek girls playing the game known as Ephedresmos, and it's one of the earliest pieces of evidence we have proving that girls played games. To play Ephedresmos, the girls would place a stone upright on the ground. They would take turns throwing balls or pebbles at the stone from a distance. We aren't sure what constituted winning the game, but we do know that the loser would have her eyes covered and had to carry the winner on her back until she found and touched the stone, as you can see in this object. Nearly all of the objects associated with Ephedresmos were found in the graves of women and girls during the Hellenic period, so we know it was a very popular game and may have had some ritual significance. The statue itself doesn't tell us much, but when looking at it more closely, you can see the life in the girls' faces. They're happy and having fun, but also very young, likely not sexually mature yet. Given that Greek women married by the age of 16, we can assume these girls are only about 10 or 12 years of age, if not younger. Putting all these pieces together, this object showcases that girls, especially young girls, have been gamers for far longer than we ever thought. In a world where gamer girls are often harassed and discouraged from playing games, I find this statue especially poignant. A reminder that girls have been present in all aspects of culture for far longer than anyone gives them credit for. And our up upcoming exhibition will prove it. Our final sneak peek is an object I had never heard about until researching this exhibition, the Paracas textile. It's a cloak that tells a story unlike any other. Named for where it was found in Paracas, Peru, the textile is actually associated with the Nazca culture. Yes, we're talking about that Nazca culture, the ones who made all those lines in the earth in South America that certain television shows associate with aliens. But this cloak tells far more than a first glance would show you. The Nazca lived before the most famous civilizations of South and Central America. You know the ones I'm talking about, the Inca, the Aztecs, all that. The Nazca were ruled by local chiefs and created many crafts and technologies that would help their descendants. 
They also had a religion based around agriculture and fertility, with powerful nature gods and their tradition of carrying trophy heads. This textile, made over 2,000 years ago, tells their story, and it was made by women. Measuring two feet by five feet, this cloak depicts Nazca religion in an entirely unique way, showcasing lots of plants, animals, and cultivated crops that were central to Nazca life. It was made using four different techniques and in stunning colors. And due to its high quality and detail, it was likely made by young girls who had perfect eyesight and intricate knowledge of the Nazca culture. Some scholars also believe that the textile was worn by a girl, a priestess who may have held very high religious office. Whatever the true meaning of this textile and its use, there is one thing that is certain. The Paracas textile showcases a highly complex society, and one where young women may have played the dominant role. It's yet another piece of evidence that shows us history is far more complex and far more female than we've ever imagined. Like these objects, most of 52 will reveal the hidden histories and lives of girls around the world. We'll showcase a variety of objects, starting in the prehistoric past and working right up to modern times. You'll learn about amazing things, such as a clay tablet that tells the story of the first chemist in history, a woman. A silk painting that reveals how silk left China and became an internationally highly valued commodity, all because of one princess. The world's first novel ever which was written by a woman. A penny, integral to the fight for women's suffrage. Photographs that reveal the lives of lesbians and the mentally ill during the 20th century. And a stained glass window that remains a testament to the tragic effects on girls of hatred and racism. These artifacts, and many others, are testaments not only to our shared cultural heritage, but also to how girls have been witness to and integral to world history. They've lived the major and minor events we learn about in textbooks in ways that we'd never imagined. And they are often the voices left out of textbooks and museum exhibitions. Silent figures staring back at you from behind glass cases begging you to hear their stories. 52 will launch on January 1st, 2017. Every week, we'll add one object to the exhibit, culminating in a year-long journey to bring girls' voices and experiences to the forefront of museum collections. It's time we heard their side of the story. Join the journey by subscribing to our e-newsletter and our blog, at www.girlmuseum.org. You can also follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram by searching for the handle Girl Museum. We hope you have enjoyed this podcast. Be sure to tune in to our next podcast in mid-January, 
where we will be exploring the life and works of children's author Jacqueline Wilson. Also, please help to support future production of Girl Speak by visiting our website at www.girlmuseum.org and clicking donate. Thank you and have a wonderful day. If you like hearing a fresh, girl-positive perspective on the internet, please support us with a tax-deductible donation easily made on our website. Our music is courtesy of up-and-coming artist Han Av. You can find her SoundCloud link on our website.